Thanks, Deb. I'm excited to see what um, God's creatures come along. Think about that for a second. That should be fun. Bless God. How's everyone going? Great. Everyone's having a wonderful morning so far. Yes. No better place to be on a Sunday. Amen. I'm excited about the word I want to bring to you this morning. Um, I know it's a word from the Lord, which is always a good thing. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to start in, in Mark. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Mark. I want to um, get through as much as this as I can this morning. So Mark chapter 6, we'll start at verse 1. Before that, we're just going to pray. So um, thank you, Father, for a wonderful morning so far. We thank you for your presence in this place. And we ask that, uh, Lord, as, as you... You know, you bring this word through me this morning, Father God. I just thank you, Father, that, that I'm ministering, Father God, in, in spirit and in truth, Father. You know, your word is true, Father. We know, Father God, that, that you need our spirits, Lord, to, to line up, Father God, with what it is you want to do for it to be effective. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that, that you, uh, you help us, Father, not to be distracted by anything this morning, Lord. And, um, yeah, you do what it is that you want to do in our lives, which is going to change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's look at Mark chapter 6, verse 1. I'll start. It's, um, the boys will put it up on the screen. But it says, Jesus left, <coughs> left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who, were, many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honoured everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Verse 6, and he was amazed at their unbelief. That's heavy. Anyone think that? And I, obviously, you would have heard this heard this story before and read this before. But just want to get straight into it this morning. Is that okay? We can't take for granted the people that God puts in our lives. Amen. We can't take for granted the people that that Jesus brings into our lives to demonstrate who He is, to demonstrate His presence. You know, we just had a guy, the guys up here this morning, you know, the worship team, you know, and, and they practice and they put time in and they learn how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to take us into the presence of God. We can never take that for granted. Amen? Ever. You know, and it can be something that we can do, you know, do so easily is, is, is take, you know, the gifts that God has given to us in the form of people for granted. You see, because that's what he does. 
He gives, you know, the, the people, you know, turn to the person next to you and, and tell them that you're a gift. You're a gift. Because the Holy Spirit actually gives us people in our lives as gifts. Amen? So the people around you, God has brought into your life as a gift. So he, he doesn't just give us gifts. Amen? He doesn't just give us gifts. He gives gifts to the people that are around you and they're there to help us achieve breakthrough in our life. Amen? They often carry the answer to the prayers that, you need, that, that you're praying. They actually carry what it is that you need in a moment. Because Holy Spirit brings people around us and he brings them in the form of gifts. Amen? So we can't take people for granted. And I believe that it's, it's, it's this reason that we really need to begin to start looking at the people around us differently. Not like we weird faces or anything like that. Like, really? We need to start looking at p- the people around us differently for this reason. Because God's brought them to us as gifts. Turn to the person and actually say, you're a gift to me. Amen. See, the problem is, is that, you know, this is, this is where the humanity side of us come in, comes in. So the problem is, is that quite often we can, you know, I guess, look at experiences that we've had when we've interacted with people, you know, and we can look at you know, different circumstances that have happened to us. And what we do is we place, like, like, like we place limitations on people rather than looking at the limitlessness of God in them. Because of our experiences, because of like, oh, I've been burnt before, you know, or I've been hurt before, or oh, I've been offended before. Said we get straight into it. You said I could. <laughs> but we look at the limitations rather than the limitlessness of the kingdom of God in them and what they have to bring and the value that they have to bring, bring to our lives. Amen? So what I want to talk about this morning is honour. Honour. Amen? And it's a, it's a core value of our church. You know, and I believe that it's good for us to remind ourselves of what, you know, the, the foundations of what our church is about and what our church is built upon. And honour is one of them. You know, honour, it says there, honour, empower, transform. You know, you, you've heard mum say honour is the key to city transformation. You know, we need to honour people. Amen? Honour has to become a part of our culture. A value has to become a part of a culture in a place for it to be effective. Otherwise, it's just a word. Otherwise, it's just a word stuck on a wall. It has to be a part of our culture. So, you know, it has to be a part of what we carry. And you know what? We all have a, ca- a culture that we carry. And quite often, we don't even realize that we have a culture that we carry until it comes, you know, into contact with another culture. A lot of married people in the room this morning. 
You would have experienced this right back at the beginning. You know, with the thing that we, you know, we, we do different, you know, marriage things with, with guys that are, or defining relationship stuff and getting them ready for marriage. And one of the things that we talk about is your normals, okay? And, and your normals is a really great way to describe the culture that you carry, all right? And what I mean by that is, you know, you might have one family that, um, you know, likes keeping um, tomato sauce in the pantry and one keeps tomato sauce in the fridge. Is that a bit different? There's a whole bunch, you know, like, uh, what's, what's it up, you know, some people like to, you know, they like to just leave the dishes in the rack to dry overnight and some people like to dry the dishes with the tea towel, okay? One, you know, one family's different, different to the next, okay? It's quite often we don't understand the culture that we carry until they come into contact with another culture. You know, and we talk about that stuff in, in, you know, getting guys ready to get married, you know, and a couple of weeks later they're coming back for marriage counselling because they can't figure out if to put tomato sauce in the pantry or the fridge. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> Read the instructions. You are supposed to keep tomato sauce in the fridge. Vegemite, though. Hey, there's one. Vegemite. Fridge or pantry. <laughs> all right, get this, get serious. So here's the thing about cultures, all right? The thing about cultures is, is they are actually incubators of our lives. Cultures are actually incubators of our lives. They either cause what's in us to come alive and to develop and to grow, or they cause it to die. They're incubators of our life. Culture, the culture that we live in, the culture that we, that, that we have around us is the incubator of our lives. It can cause us to become the best us that we can be or it can, cause us to, or, or it can stunt us into mediocrity. Amen? This is what a culture does. This is why it's so important that, 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 you know, that the people that we surround, uh, surround ourselves with, the culture that we live in is so vital to us uh, developing into all that God's called us to be. So what culture are you carrying? You know, what is the culture that you are carrying in who you are? Amen. This is why this, this thing called honor has, this, this has to be something that, that is you know, so precious and so valuable to us that it's just something that we carry. Because it causes us and the people around us to become the best them that they can be. They can, they, it causes them to become all that God has called them to be. Because culture is the incubator of your life. Amen. So first, uh, to, to really get a hold of this and what this means, we've got to understand what, you know, what culture is. And, and put simply, culture is a set of beliefs, behaviours and customs. It's a set of beliefs, behaviours and customs. It starts with belief. What you believe causes you to behave in a certain way. 
right? It, it determines your behavior. So, so your behavior is determined by your belief. And the belief that you have influences, it, it influences your behavior. And then what happens is after a bit of time, it becomes a custom. It just becomes a part of your life. Just becomes a part of what you do. All right? And so that's why, you know, when you experience like a new culture, the first thing that has to happen is there has to be a mind change. We have to change, we have to, we have to think differently. Because unless we think differently, what we believe, we can't change our behavior. Amen? That's why it says in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. It says, we have, it, it says, um, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So don't be conformed. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Of this world. The culture. Don't copy the, the, the culture. Okay, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Then you will learn to know what God's best is for you. Amen? And Proverbs 23, 7 also says this, it says, he think, As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So being trans- having our minds transformed, changing the way we think is the first thing that we need to do to change a behavior. Okay? So this is, this is what culture is. Amen? So our thinking is the first thing that needs to change. So, so we all have a culture that we carry. So the person next to you and say, you have a culture that you carry. We, we all have a, a set of beliefs, a set of behaviors you know, and, and a set of customs that we carry. But this question needs to be asked, right? And you, and you know what it is, I, I believe, because you're smart. The question is this. Does the culture that we carry align with the culture of heaven? Does the culture that we carry align with the culture of heaven? Because that's, that's what it needs to be aligned with, the culture of heaven. How will you know if you if, how will you know if, if what you're carrying aligns with the culture of heaven? Because when you get out into the world and they connect and they come together, you'll notice a difference. Amen. Think about this for a second. This this is just and and you know again I know you know this, but this is this is just. Blow your mind because every time I think about this, it blows my mind. We're talking about Jesus, you know, and we're talking about this. We can actually think the way that he can. We can think the way that he can. Amen? Which is, which is incredible. Just think about that for a sec. We can think the way that Jesus does. Why? Because he's on the inside of us. If you, I don't know if you still have your finger in Mark 6, verse, verse 1 to 6. We'll just bounce back to there. It says this, Jesus was, he was not honoured in his own home, hometown, 
That's what was going on in this, in this story. Jesus was not honoured in his own home, hometown. So what is honour? Put simply, honour is this. Honour is a means to hold someone or something in high esteem. It's to show someone that they're important. It's to show value for them. It's to, it, it means to prefer someone over ourselves. This is what honour is. It's selflessness. Amen? And the word honour in, um, in Hebrew comes from this word um, kavod. K-A-V-O-D. Which means this. It means heavy. All right? It means heavy. It means to give weight to. So when we honour someone, it is respect demonstrated to a person which is meant to be weighty, you know, and, and not, not to be treated lightly. This is what honour is. It's something that... that we give weight to. It's something that we, we give reverence to. It's something that we give value in what we do, in the behavior that we show. This is what honor is. Now, it's not something that we just, just flippantly demonstrate every now and then. It's something that's, that, that carries weight. It's something that, 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 that we can't treat lightly. Amen? You know, and it's easy, like, in, you know, in the world when we, we look at how people are honoured. You know, like, people have statues built of themselves, for goodness sake. Or, or, don't they? You know, we see sports people being honoured, you know, and, and, you know, people who do great things in society being honoured and, and actors and actresses and all these people being honoured. You know, and... Honour, you know, it's easy to honour these, these, these achievements that, that people, you know, do in their, in their lives, which is absolutely fine and absolutely great and it needs to be done, right? But see, that's only part of the kingdom definition of honour. The kingdom honour means to give weight to every single person. Amen. This is a kingdom. As I said, like it's easy to honour achievements and we need to do that and that's important. But, but the God kind of honour means giving weight and showing value and showing heavy respect for every single person. It's kind of like this. Honour isn't just this thing that's meant to be vertical. It's meant to be 360. Amen? Genesis 1, 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. You can see where this is going. Come on. See, we've been made in his image, in his likeness. What does that mean? It means that when God formed you in your mother's womb... He put a piece of his DNA on the inside of you. He put an actual part of himself, an actual part of his kingdom on the inside of you. 
Let us make them in our image. What does that mean? That means that you are a person of significant value. Of absolute value. And what the, you know, like, like how, how DNA is, it's it, like in every single person, no one has the same coding. Like we're all different. We're all uniquely and wonderfully made. Amen? Think about this for a second. If God's made us in his image and he's put a piece of his, his own DNA, his, the, own, the, like the DNA of the kingdom of God on the inside of you, that means that what you carry of him, no one else has. That's, that's incredible. So you are a person of significant value. Amen? That's why us on, understanding what honour is and, and making sure that it's something that is just a, a, so ingrained in our culture is so important. Because every person around us carries something of God that we need, that we don't have. We need to honour that in them. Amen? Praise the Lord. Yes, you can clap. That's a good. That's good. Who's heard of a word called accountability? There's a few boys in the house, a few men in the house know about it. They know what I'm talking about. But accountability, it's so important, right? You know, it's so important, like, to, to help us navigate life and get through things and overcome stuff, okay? You know, and, and you know, generally what, that, what, what I'm talking about when we're talking about accountability is, is helping people to, you know, stop from falling into areas of sin in their life, okay? We have a buddy, we have a friend, we could talk to, hey, man, I'm struggling with this, you know, and, and, and stuff. So you understand what I'm talking about, right? And, it, and it's so important that we... That we you know, that we, we have accountability, okay? There's a, there's a higher level of accountability that comes in the form of honour. Amen? And it's, you know, and it's this, it's, you know, as I said, that like the DNA of the kingdom of God is in us and we have a responsibility to steward that and to see that grow. And here's how I honour my brother. Is my responsibility as a brother is to not just be focusing on helping them fall, like stopping them from falling into sin, right? But it's to help them to focus on what it is that God has placed on the inside of them. Amen? What, what they have... Because it's so unique and it, no one else has it is something that the world needs. Are you hearing me? So the world needs us, you know, it, it needs us to rise up to the fullness of Christ that's, that's been, that he's called us to. All right? And so what, what, account, what accountability does and what I guess like a kingdom of ca- accountability does is it helps us to 
account for the ability that we have in Christ. Amen? It helps people to, to account for the ability that they have in Christ and not just um, you know, the inability of their humanity. Make sense? Did I explain that right? So I want to help them focus on what God's called them to be. I want to help them to, to, to become the best person that they can be. That's my responsibility as a brother and as a father. Amen? We all have off days. Is this right? We all have off days. We all, we, you know, we all have, you know, bad days. You know, we all have those days where we're like, you know what, I just want to stay in bed. Most days. <laughs> Is this true? We, we, we all have those days, you know. We always have those moments where, you know what, it's just, it's just too difficult. This is just too hard. Got to make lunches. Time six. Now we all have those days where we just don't want to face a person, right? <laughs> Anyone have those days? You know, got, we all have those days where we've got all this stuff coming against us. You know, and we, and we don't want to do it. Anyone been there? Here's the thing. We can't let the emotion and the feelings that we have put a ceiling on who God has called us to be. Amen? This, is the, this, this highlights the importance of culture. We need to actually live in a culture or in an environment that when we have those days, we know who we're going to go to. Amen? We know who we're going to go to. That brother, that sister, that mother, that father, that person, you know, that, that's going to get around us, that's going to honour us and, you know, and, and say, to you know what, you're better than this. They're going to build us up. You know, they're going to see the value that's in us and, 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 and not just go, you know what, just stay in bed. <laughs> right? They're going to see us for who we are. This is what a, a culture of honour brings. It brings people around us that will go, hey, man, come on, you're better than that. The world needs you. That person that you don't want to talk to today, they need you. You've got, you got a piece of God on the inside of you that they need. You need to give it to them. Amen? Your children need food for lunch. You've got to make six lunches. Is everyone okay? This is what a culture of honour brings. Praise the Lord. Not too much to go. Someone say, I'm significant. Turn the person next to you and say, you are significant. You are of significance of important of significant importance amen you are you are valuable and so valuable that christ died for you 
excuse me. You know, don't, don't allow the defeated to dictate your life. <laughs> I call him the defeated. Don't, don't allow him to, to dictate your life. You know, you have Jesus' life on the inside of you. Amen? So again, Mark 6, 1, in, in that story, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's really actually interesting that this story is in the Bible. It's in Luke as well, a little different, obviously a different perspective. But I believe that, you know, it gives us insight into Jesus' life, but it also gives us insight into the life of the church. We'd all like to think that church is a perfect place, right? Right? It wasn't a trick question. Now we'd all love to, you know, love the church to, to be a place where people are always built up, you know, where they're always edified, where they're always encouraged, where they're, you know, you know, always loved. And and you know, obviously, I believe for the most part that's what this church is like. But the the church is not perfect. You know, sometimes we don't get it right. Amen? This is, this is, sorry, this is truth. But sometimes we don't, we don't get it right. You know, and I believe that, that the reason that Mark put this in, this, this, this in, in, in his story is because he recognized that the church can be a place where dishonor happens. You know, it can be a place where instead of honouring one another and affirming one another in God, you know, we can get caught up, you know, affirming and honouring who God's called them to be. We can get caught up in who they're not. Is this right? So we can begin to say things like and behave in a way that reminds them of who they're not, their humanity. Now we get caught up with this, caught up in this thing called familiarity. Anyone heard of that before? Luke's account's kind of the same. We won't, we won't read it for for sake of time. But Luke four, verse sixteen to twenty, you can look at it yourself, um, and I encourage you to. But you know, basically, what's going on is their custom. They go to the synagogue. Read from the Torah, read, read the Word of God, they pray, they, they talk about it together. This is the custom, this is something that they do, you know, on the Sabbath every, every, every week, okay? And, um, but in this account, Jesus gets up, takes the, take, takes the scroll and begins to read, and he reads from um, Isaiah. And um, at the end of the story, Verse 20, it says, and, they, and then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And it says this, and, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he, and he began to say to them, today this, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Okay? So as I said, this was, this was their customs. This was something that, that, that people were used to do. But in this moment, something different had happened. All right? Something had changed. Jesus got up and read from the scroll, from the, and, and, and it's, as it says, and their eyes were fixed on him. Why? Because they recognized that they were, they were hearing from the anointed one. 
that they were hearing from the Messiah. It was like, who is this person? It was like that kind of moment. Yeah? But what happens then? What happens next? In Luke 5.22 it says, So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And then they said, Is this not Joseph's son? So they've gone from a moment of, this is the Messiah, the person that we've been waiting for for centuries, to, hang on a sec, that's just Joseph's son. Familiarity. Familiarity. They allow familiarity of who they knew him to be to rob them of a moment. They allowed familiarity to to rob them of an encounter with God that would have changed their lives forever. Hang on, that's just Joseph's son. Are you with me? Familiarity is the enemy of honour. Familiarity is the enemy of honour. You know, think about how many times... Have we allowed familiarity with a person next to us to rob us of a moment where the Holy Spirit is about to speak to us and change our lives? Come on. You know, how often have we limited the Word of God that's coming to us because of the vessel that it comes through? Amen. We can't limit it. We can't limit it. You know, we need to understand that if we're to establish a culture of honour, that we need to honour every person. Then God can use that person just as much as he uses us. Now, we can't get caught up in the trap of thinking that, you know, God can only minister to us through certain types of people. You know, through, through certain, you know, pastors or, or prophets or guest ministries. You know, we can't get caught up in that trap. You know, do we value the word of God enough that it doesn't matter what vessel it comes through? Okay, this is truth. You know, I believe, and I'm, I'm wrapping up. I believe that if if we honoured people more, and who He is on the inside of them, then we would hear God's word and answer to prayer more than we actually realise. You know, he's communicating to us all the time. You know that? He's communicating to us all the time. 
all the time. Someone's, someone say he's communicating to me all the time. But sometimes it's coming through a person that we didn't think it would come through. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, he communicates through you. Familiarity, it's a trap. You know, it's so easy to, it's so easy to fall into because we're all family. Right? We're all family, you know. We, we know each other. We know where each other come from. We know each other's stories. You know, we know how each other grew up. You know, and the more that we get to know each other, the more familiar that we become. But, but it could be a trap. You know, it, 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 it can stop us from, from hearing the word of God that we need in the season that we need. We can't allow the, the word of God that comes to us through, through, through people just, you know, fall to the ground just because of the vessel that it comes through. Amen? We're all in a process. Someone say, I'm in a process. Someone else say, I'm all, we're all learning. If we, but if we are to bring the kingdom of God to earth, then how we relate to one another is so vitally important. Amen? As we honor one another, we create an environment where God can communicate with anybody at any time and breakthrough can happen like never before. Who wants to be a part of that? Come on. Honor creates an incubator where the very best can be developed in one another. Someone say, honor every person. And we will see transformation. Amen? Come on. I wrapped up really fast there, but kind of needed to. But that's okay. Bless God. Is that okay? Yes? Was it? It's so important. 